Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the True Condos Podcast. A special welcome if this is your first time listening to the podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Andrew LaFleur, and I'm a realtor and I specialize in helping people to make money by investing in the Toronto condo market. For more information, you can go to my website, truecondos.com, and there you can subscribe or you can find out how to contact me. This podcast is a chance to hear from experts and industry insiders about what's really going on in the condo market, and we also like to find out where these insiders are putting their own money when it comes to condo investing. But today is a very special episode of this show, and here is why. The mayoral race of Toronto is starting to heat up. We have an election coming up this year. And Mayor Rob Ford is back from spending a couple of months in rehab. So I thought it would be good to find out what Rob Ford thinks about the Toronto condo market. As condo investors, it's important to know where the candidates for mayor stand on the issues surrounding the condo market. And also, just in general, the condo market is such an important part of the Toronto economy. We need to know where the candidates stand on the issues. Rob was not available to speak to me, but I was able to arrange an interview with Rob's brother and current city councillor, Doug Ford, who spoke to me on behalf of the Rob Ford re-election campaign. Doug talked to me about Rob's stance on transit plans and how they relate to condo development. We talked about development charges on condos in Toronto, which is a big issue right now. And we talked about, the Toronto, of course, the Toronto land transfer tax and what Rob's plans are to do with that, as well as a few other topics. For all the show notes on this episode, please go to truecondos.com slash rob. And so without further delay, here is my interview with Councillor Doug Ford on behalf of the Rob Ford for Mayor re-election campaign. So thank you very much, Doug, for your time today. Appreciate you taking the time to speak to um, my listeners about this important issue. Mm -hmm. Um, What are are your thoughts on the condo market in general in Toronto? It's such a huge part of the Toronto economy. Um, there's a lot of talk about there being a condo bubble in Toronto, but yet at the same time, it is such an important part of our, our economy. What, what are your thoughts on the market in, in a general sense? Well, in a, in a general sense, I'm, I'm proud to say that, uh, and I just checked with a building inspector uh, last week, that we still are ahead of New York, uh, Chicago, L.A., Dallas, uh, all combined. Uh, and it says a lot when you have investment coming from all over the world. It's not just local investment but uh, people uh, using Toronto as a safe haven for a great investment. Uh, that, that's, that's one point. It also uh, creates a tremendous amount uh, of uh, employment in the construction trades and designs and, and architectural uh, areas uh, of, the, of the, the complete city. So, you know, it creates thousands and thousands of jobs. And uh, I think uh, through the Ford administration, we've, we've created an environment and you can get... Uh, testimonials off almost any developer in the city when they have a problem they've called uh, the mayor's office he is quickly uh, cut uh, through the red tape the bureaucracy and uh, 
helped uh, almost uh, a vast majority of the developers in, in this city that have uh, faced uh, some real minor issues uh, um, with, with the development side of their, uh, of their business. That's great, and that brings up a good point that there is a um, a symbiotic relationship, I guess, between the condo industry and the development industry, and the um, you know the political uh, uh, machine that runs the city, um, and that represents the the people of the city and the taxpayers. Um, what is working about that relationship right now, in your opinion, and what is not working, or what are some areas that could that uh, relationship could be improved? Well, I, I think it's working uh, pretty good. Everyone, at the end of the day, you ask any developer, any uh, condo person in the in the city, uh, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Uh, in every aspect, and the answer is yes, overwhelmingly. In saying that, where can we improve? Because we we believe in continuous improvement. Uh, you know, we've we brought in uh, lean practices into the city, and part of uh, Lean Six Sigma is is continuous improvement. So in saying that, I've, uh, or the mayor has actually said, through the planning process, uh, to make it more efficient, uh, I'm going to give you an example here. Uh, ABC uh, Development Company calls up and, and uh, submits their plans in, and uh, you know a month goes by and they're trying to get an answer. Well, uh, they call the city, and um, for example, it's uh, maybe it's in it's going through the uh, the process. And it lands on heritage, or it lands in transportation, or it lands uh, anywhere in each department uh, through the process, and um, they can't get an answer. And not all the times, but they can't get a quick enough answer, I should should say. And what we we would like to see implemented is um, is putting a, a barcode tracking system on each set of the the plans when they go in. So not only does it hold the the bureaucrats accountable. Um, on, on timing, but it also tracks the system, so the, the you know the contractor doesn't have to be calling in, chasing the plans. They key it up on their computer, just like like any manufacturing business has a tracking system, and they'd be able to find out is it in in transportation. Uh, yes, it is in transportation. Now, John Smith in transportation has had this sitting on his desk for two weeks. Meanwhile, he's on vacation. He's out fishing somewhere. And they can't get this thing moving forward. So, it, it, you know, the bells and whistles are going to go off on John Smith's desk, and the supervisor is going to be able to tell the two-week time frame that they've allocated for the process and transportation. Uh, we got to get cracking. So you can't manage anything unless you measure it. And that, that's our philosophy uh, going down to City Hall, and I, I, I feel that's a philosophy in any any business. That's great. So that's, that's one of the areas we can improve in is uh, – Efficiency, the, uh, efficiency, right? In terms of the application, in terms of the development application process, uh, absolutely. Okay. Um, now, a lot of developers are have been complaining fairly loudly lately uh, with the recent hike in development charges, DCs, development levies, um, as they're known. Um, the developers are saying that that uh, the charges have virtually doubled. Uh, as of late, is that an accurate assessment? First of all, and secondly, um, what's your uh, take on development charges with respect to condominiums? Well, I, I Rob, I uh, believe that at the end of the day, you put the development charges in, and uh, the consumer ends up paying for it. It's supply and demand with any market, 
and uh, on on the development charges, I, I don't believe that's a hundred percent accurate. And I'd, I'd be able to uh, uh, get the exact details uh, off planning uh, before I, I give you a hundred percent answer on that. But that's uh, saying as doubled is is not hundred uh, percent uh, accurate. Um, but if if you if you start tacking on all these development charges, there's going to be a certain point. It's going to slow down the market because they have to build that into the cost of the condominium. Uh, what I what I do what we do believe in, should there be a, a small, very small fee, if you're building uh, on top of or within a hundred yards of a of a subway, absolutely there there should be a very small uh, uh, fee, and I, I don't think people. Uh, would be against that buying a condo. And I'm going to give you an example. You have two condos, one a mile away from a subway station, and I'm throwing out some wild, fictitious figures. It's worth $250,000, for example. And then you have the exact same condo on top of the subway with retail underneath it and connects you right to a main line. Are you, the consumer, willing to pay an extra $10,000? Uh, matter of fact, I would say, and I'm not setting prices here, I would say they'd be willing, at least myself as a consumer, I'd be paying another 25000 to know that there's a, a subway system right underneath my building. Right. So, and that, that, should, that should be tied into the developer, a public-private partnership, that if there's a subway going in, that uh, it's going to benefit the developer, and they, they, they should be able to uh, partner with TTC and and build a build a subway station you know there there's subway stations of all sizes around the world and that will determine um you know how how large they want the subway uh, station you could put a little hole in the ground like they do in London you could shoot right down there and uh you know it, it's 25 million or you could put it uh a subway going into Scarborough Town Center I'm I'm sure uh, our friends uh that uh that own uh, Sherway, I mean Sherway, uh, Scarborough Town Center, would uh, be more than happy to help out on the cost to drive uh, business. Oxford Properties. Right, right. Okay, so you're proposing um, increased public-private partnership on transportation, uh, subways, and... uh, and you, you can't uh, you, you can't gouge the developers because at the end of the day, um, you, you know it's it's just going to go right back to the consumer, and it's uh, demand and supply. Right. So, are you are you um, are you proposing that development charges be sort of variable in the sense that if you're building right on top of a subway, the charges would be higher than if you're building further away? Are you speaking more? I, I, I the, think the there has to be. There, there has to be uh, an, an incentive to build on top of a subway, and uh, as much as as much as uh, they they may have a small uh, and I say a small uh, uh, added cost uh, that will that will pay tenfold uh, for the for the sale of the condos. And I, I think it's just common sense. Uh, yourself, you you would know, Andrew. If you have a choice of two condos. You're, you know, they're a mile away, and one's on top of the subway. You're, you're picking the one on top of the subway with retail underneath. Sure, absolutely. Of course, if the price is the same, uh, without question, oh, I, I if would the say price is a lot different, then uh, you got to well, weigh that decision. Well, I'm talking to $10,000 more. Any, yes, any, right, marginal any difference, thousand. yeah. Yeah, marginal difference. So you're, you're picking the one with the uh, subway. That's great. Um 
With respect to transit and condominium development, how can the city better take advantage of this condo boom? Like you mentioned, we're the condo capital of North America. We're, you know, we're we're the envy of the world in many sense at the condos that we're building and the density and the intensification that we're creating in our in the core of the city, especially. How can the city better take advantage of this condo boom that's happening with respect to um, transit working with the development industry? Well, I, I think I go back to what I was just just talking about is sitting down. Uh, and we're, as a matter of fact, we're doing this already. Let, let me let me back up a bit. So what what we're doing at Build Toronto and what we're doing at the TTC. Um, all the all the stops now on Eglinton, to the exception of, of uh, a handful, we're inc- we're encouraging uh, density. Once you put the density on top of the subway stations, uh, it adds more money into the city coffers. So therefore, we can we can put that money directly into uh, transit. But we we differentiate ourselves from the rest of the group that's running. Uh, Rob Ford's the only one that uh, believes in building subways. We we do not believe in those LRT streetcars that are running along St. Clair uh, that, that destroyed a lot of businesses along St. Clair when triple over budget. We believe in underground transit. I know the folks in, in, in fair transit, by the way, because right now we have a two-tier system, Andrew. We have one for the downtown core, which is God bless them. We're, we're happy that everyone has subways down there. And then we have another tier called Scarborough and Etobicoke that the Eglinton, uh, you know, across town, as soon as it hits the Scarborough border, bang, it comes above ground. So while everyone else is staying warm and, and cozy in the winter, um, you know, the folks out in Scarborough and Etobicoke are going to be standing outside in the freezing cold. So if you're going to do it, uh, do it properly and do it fair across uh, across the uh, city. Okay. And we believe in and I go back into the public private partnerships too. That it's critical that uh, uh when we're doing the, the Why let me ask you this cuz yeah, when you look at a lot of American cities especially, you do see a lot more public private partnerships in that sense. Why don't we see more of it already in your opinion what's not working with respect will. to that there's, right there's now? Not the, there's there's not the political will and I'm going to talk straight out like Rob and I talk straight out all the time. Uh the left-wing part of the council uh, does not believe in in uh, public-private partnerships. They don't believe in the private sector, and that's fact. We have, uh, on numerous occasions, uh, put motions out to uh, partner up, even even explore, to see what the market will bear. Not even sign a contract, Andrew, but let's go to the market and find out what the market bears. If the market bears that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to help out on, on building a subway and completing the Shepherd Loop, and uh, we have people that that want to get involved in that. Uh, it's a benefit to the city. It's a benefit to our, our complete transportation system and closing the loop. Because believe it or not, Andrew, this is I, I could go out on the street and talk to a ten-year-old, show them the map, and they would say close the loop. So we're going along Shepherd, the subway that goes nowhere. Their proposal, Tory Stints, Sagnaki, and Olivia Chow is to go along Shepherd, get off the subway, go up three flights of stairs to an LRT, go six kilometers or seven kilometers down Shepherd, get back off the LRT, go downstairs and hop on a subway. 
And then it just it's common sense that, that you close that loop and you make it one continuous subway. And even if you do a kilometer a year, you do a kilometer. The problem is um, over the last, has it been 50 years, uh, they've ignored underground transit in the city. Now everyone's trying to play catch-up. And you don't play catch-up with a Band-Aid solution with LRTs. You know, it's it's uh, just the wrong plan. you got to plan for 100 years, not not 30 or 40, like the Scarborough uh, RT out there that's falling apart. It's like uh, going on the old flyer ro- roller coaster at the exhibition. <laughs> that's so, a classic. Um, that's great. Now, um, maybe the, the last question before I uh, let you go. Thank you again for your time, uh, Councillor well, Doug Ford. Um the land transfer tax. Obviously, um, Rob has a very different view on the land transfer tax uh, from the from most of the other candidates. Can you explain his position on that? Um, Absolutely. If, he, if Mayor Rob Ford so, is reelected, what's the plan with the land transfer tax, which obviously is a big impact on the real estate market in Toronto? Yeah, we're we're strong believers um, that the 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 people of Toronto can spend uh, that twenty percent on the land transfer tax. A lot wiser uh, and, and generate uh, more money into the economy than than the government. But the government, meaning the council, uh, believes they're smarter than the people and they know what to do with that money. I'll give you an example. We had uh, three hundred and uh, uh, two. I apologize. Two hundred thirty-two million dollar surplus uh, this year. I, I don't call it a surplus. I call it savings because we found the efficiencies. We balanced the books for the first time. First time ever in Toronto. The books are balanced, and they want to go out, and uh, they they want to use it uh, instead of giving it back to the people and, and give these special interest groups their grants and so on and so forth. What we have implemented, uh, we said we, we want to uh, put money back into a uh, state of uh, good repair and infrastructure. So we're, we're doing that uh, to a tune of $162 million dollars. And then the the balance we want to put in reserves because the previous administration, uh, under the Miller administration, has raided all the reserves. They they were selling off our telephone, our, our, our poles, hydro poles. So you know, <laughs> we believe in in putting some in the piggy bank for the rainy day. Like uh, literally, we had last year when we had the the storm, uh, July the eighth, I believe. You know, almost a year ago, and then the ice storm. So we need to have reserves in there. But we also believe within that $232 million, 20% of the land transfer tax, uh, which is a small amount, approximately $30 million, should go back into the taxpayer's pocket. So when someone you know, is buying a new place, they can, they, they'll have that money in their pocket, Andrew. They're going to just, majority of the people are going to go out and buy a refrigerator, buy a couch, buy something, do renovations, and it stimulates the economy. And some people will save some of it. So God bless them for saving it. Okay, so just to be clear, your uh, Rob Ford, uh, Mayor Rob Ford's um, platform on that is a 20% reduction in the um, in the cost or the price of the land transfer tax? Right off, right off the hop. And then as we move forward year after year, as we find efficiencies, as we had for the last four years, then we can start looking at uh, chopping it more. What did we do? I always ask all these lefty politicians and everyone that votes for this land transfer tax, what did we do before we had this a few years ago? You know, it's That's just a good a question. 
<laughs> it's a tax. They, they they found a way to spend within their means. Andrew, as soon as we came in, the first words from the city manager and the CFO to Rob and myself were facing $774 million of pressure. And by the way, we're going to have to increase taxes by 30%. And uh, we were like, wow, you know, it's it's time to knuckle down. And within within three years, um, we were able to find hundreds of millions of dollars of savings through the labor negotiations, uh, driving efficiencies, bringing in KPMG. And uh, at the end of the day, we now can say that uh, we've balanced our books. We haven't. We don't have to rely on the one-time money uh, for for as we did in the previous year. Okay. Could you foresee within, uh, if Mayor Ford was reelected, within his next uh, four-year term, could you foresee or predict the land transfer tax being completely eradicated? If, if, and this is a big if, if the right councillors are elected, there's endless amounts of waste that has to be taken care of on all three levels of government. I'm, I'm going to speak on the municipal side. We put forward over $60 million of savings that would not uh, cut anything, actually. They just find efficiencies uh, throughout the system. And I'll give you one example. Uh, in certain departments, for every four employees, there's one supervisor. That's staggering. Imagine if every private sector company had a supervisor for every four employees. So we're, we're middle management heavy, and uh, we, we can, we can uh, find efficiencies throughout that whole city. So to answer your question, if we had the right council, could we eliminate in four years? Absolutely, in, in my personal opinion. They can throw you know, $50 million away in a council meeting in a blink of an eye. We collect a little over $300 million, depending depending on the, uh, the year, obviously, on the, in the market, uh, but they think it's their own little slush fund, their own little piggy bank. I've, I've been budget uh, vice chair for four years. I'm the only councillor down there that's been on budget for a solid four years. And uh, I see where the savings are. And I, I meet with every single department and uh, go line item by line item. But when you don't have the, the political will from, from the council, uh, you, you, you know, it's hard to make, uh, make things move forward. And that goes back to a whole other conversation on another day is about a strong mayor system. Yes. So yes. That, uh, you need a strong mayor system. I don't care who, who's mayor. I said it under Miller, and I'll say it under the next 10 mayors. Uh, you, you can't have 44 mayors, or you might as well throw all their names on the ballot, and let's, uh, you know, let's move forward that way. Well, that's great. Thank you very much for your time again, uh, Councillor Doug Ford. Appreciate your insights no and appreciate you speaking on behalf of... Um, the Rob Ford for Mayor uh, re-election campaign? No problem at all, Andrew. You can hear the passion in my voice because Rob and I are passionate about this, and it's uh, it's frustrating. Sometimes you feel like you're banging your head against the wall, and uh, but uh, I think it comes down to is we need great counselors. We don't need these half-pokey ones. I wouldn't trust them running my daughter's lemonade stand. Okay, so that's my comments for the day. Great. Well, thank you again you very much. You the lemonade okay. stand. <laughs> Okay. That'll be a good one. Okay. Thank you again, so uh, uh, Councillor Ford. And um, yeah, we uh, hopefully we can speak to you again on the podcast soon. Excellent. Look forward to it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Take care.
Wow. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that great interview with Councillor Doug Ford on behalf of his brother, Mayor Rob Ford, who's running for re-election for mayor in the city of Toronto. I would like to interview the other candidates for mayor about their take on these issues as well, and I hope to be able to bring those interviews to you, the listener, really soon. So please watch for that on the podcast. Once again, for all the show notes on this episode, head on over to truecondos.com slash Rob. If you like the show, once again, please leave me a review on iTunes. Reviews are very important to helping get the word out about the show and they are greatly appreciated. So thank you for that. And thanks again for listening to the show this week. That's all for now. Until next time, talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.